Welcome to the Content 10X Podcast, the show where content creators learn how to harness the power of content repurposing. And now, your host, Amy Woods. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Content 10X Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Woods, and this week on the show, I want to focus on content marketing and repurposing with an angle on sales. So how content must tie in and be intrinsically linked with sales and growing your business. And I have a wonderful guest on the show, Jess Lorimer. So Jess is a sales coach. She can be found at smartleadersell.com. She teaches people how to become an unapologetic wealth creator. And she comes from a very successful corporate career to setting up a very successful online business teaching sales. So Jess, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. I'm so excited. (laughs) Thanks for coming on. So what did I miss from the intro? Tell us a little bit more about yourself. Um, Well, it's it's always weird, isn't it, when people ask you that? Because people always expect you to be much more interesting than you actually are. (laughs) Well, tell me that near-death experience that you had, Jess. (laughs) I try and rack my brains for something super interesting. So, you know, for me, I I came from corporate sales. And I know that you have a corporate background as well. And it's it's one of the things that I actually think is is really quite valuable uh, for people who are setting up their businesses. When you come from corporate, you have very little fear of rejection anymore. And actually, it's what makes corporate such a great place uh, to start sales careers and and things like that. So I started 12 years ago now, which makes me feel instantly incredibly old, (laughs) Um, and and started out in that kind of sales consultancy piece, working, being the city kid, uh, doing all the hours. And then, you know, five years ago, I decided that enough was enough. I was diagnosed with a chronic illness and decided to start up a business so I could be a bit more flexible about the hours that I worked. And I realized that there were so many business owners out there who were just really struggling to implement sales strategies that weren't sleazy and, and that actually worked. You know, and I, I don't know about you, but I always say to people, you know, the best salespeople are not that bright. You know, and I, I include mm. myself in that. I'm okay with that. I've, I've come to that realization over the years because, you know, when you're a salesperson, when you start overthinking, that's when the problems come in. So I'm here to help people with simple sales strategies that actually just work and, and that's, they do the job. And, and what kind of businesses do you work with, Jess? So I work with service-based business owners. So anyone who is working Uh, to provide a service to the consumer directly. Okay. So, and smaller, obviously you've gone from big corporate and now you're helping smallish, I guess, not that small service-based businesses. So Mm. we we kind of have a range of um, products and services in my business that help anybody who is, you know, at that kind of startup, I don't know how to sell and I'm terrified of it, right up to people in my masterminds who are probably making around 350 to 400,000 and are looking to go to that seven figure mark. So we, we do quite a lot um, across a, a range at the moment, uh, depending on where people are and what they need. 
Right. Okay. Cool. Um. So, uh, you know, I completely agree with you. It's such a, a important skill to learn sales, and it's not always the brightest. It's a very much a people, <laughs> yeah. people, and and knowing the right message in your audience. So, I guess that leads really well on to um talking about content. So, creating content. So, you create lots of great content. Obviously, you've got your podcast and your blog, and there's there's lots of good content that you create. So. When you, um, I guess, firstly, let's stick with you. So for your content marketing, I know that you're really smart and that being the expert in sales that you are, the content that you create, I'm sure, leads on to sales and you very much think that through. So Mm. what kind of process do you follow when you're planning your content and deciding what to create for your business? Um, So I I love that you refer to as smart. I'd say lazy, but... (laughs) (laughs) Um, so for me, it's about creating content, you're right, that that converts. That's the yeah. most important thing. So I look at two things when I'm planning out my content. One is I'm reverse engineering from the goal. So what is it I actually want to achieve? And I look at that on a quarterly basis. So we'll look at, you know, are we doing any live launches that quarter? Um, you know, how's our automated content uh, performing? What are we achieving in terms of like open rates and click-through rates on existing content? And we'll we'll do an analysis of that every single quarter. Um, And then what I do is I will reverse engineer that journey, particularly with live launches, so that it makes sure that all of our content is cohesive, that it leads to the launch correctly. But also it means that people are getting tons of value because even if people don't buy from that launch, they're likely to go on and buy Um, at other points or a product or service that's relevant to them. So that's the first thing we do is we look at, you know, for example, if I'm selling something like um, uh, one of the programs that we run only once a year is cash creation. And so for the three months before we actually launch it, we're consistently putting out content that talks about the need to focus on cash injections, what they can be used for, what kind of personality types can be um, focusing on producing cash injections, how difficult or easy it can be. And that all leads up for, you know, eight to 10 weeks prior to us actually doing anything for the launch. So when we actually launch it, the content has already converted. It's generated the right leads because the right people are signing up for freebies that are of interest to them. Does that make sense? Yeah, exactly. So all the content that you're creating in that lead up, if people are enjoying that content and getting something from that content, then they are ideal people to go on and purchase the, the, the course basically. Exactly. Exactly that. And then the second thing that I always focus on is what is that content actually designed to do? And this is, I think, where people get a bit confused about content and selling is that they don't always think about what the purpose of the content is. So for example, I'll often get people who come to me and they'll say, Jess, my Facebook ads don't work. And when we look at it, it's not that ads don't work. It's that their ads aren't converting clients, but that's not the job of an ad. You know, sales is broken down into two parts. It's broken down into how many, um, how much traffic do you have? Like how many eyeballs are on your services? And do you have an offer that matches the problem that your prospects are currently facing? And so when we're looking at content for selling, we have to look at what the purpose of that is. So if you're looking at your Facebook ad and you're expecting that to make you a ton of money, that's not going to happen. But if you're writing that Facebook ad with the intention of, um, you know, converting at its maximum point and generating a ton of leads, and then your email sequence and in your copy there and your content there is about converting that person into uh, a paying customer, 
that's when you know you're starting to do it right. So you've got to reverse engineer it from the beginning, but also look at what's the actual purpose of that content. What do you really want it to do so that you can measure it properly and see how it's performing the sales? Yeah, it completely makes sense. And what kind of content do you see working best as that initial core content to then kind of bring people through into the funnel? And I guess, I mean, um, you I know you have you do a podcast, but then obviously there's blog content, there's video content, there's live streams, things like that. What do you see working really well as that initial core content? Um, so for me, it's my podcast. I'm, you know, and obviously we're recording a podcast today, so yeah. <laughs> we like podcasts. <laughs> uh, but yeah, for me, it's my podcast is the first point of contact generally that people will have um, with me. And I'm a big fan of podcasting and email marketing, you know, again, I'm, I'm the lazy preneur, if you like, I like to be able to batch create my content and podcasting and email marketing give me that ability. And they also give me the ability to repurpose if I want, you know, if I want to repurpose a podcast into a blog, then I could, um, I don't do that very often. I'm just going to throw that one out there. But, um, but with email marketing, particularly, we, we do a lot of repurposing, um, from email marketing onto social media just to help people see it across all angles. And again, to really understand why we're using that content and to give people an idea of why they should uh, get closer to the business and what they can really learn from things like the newsletters or the tailored email marketing content that's going out. So do you basically say, for example, if you're sending out a newsletter or an email to your list, do you take, um, you know, key extracts from that and then, you know, slightly wordsmith it into a Facebook post or something like that and then post the same, you know, repurpose that over into your Facebook group, Facebook page, that kind of thing? Exactly. Yeah. You know, exactly mm. that. And sometimes we'll do it the other way around. If we have something really popular on social media, then we know that it's probably going to be interesting um, to my list as well because you know we're all we're all guilty of posting things on social media um, when we've kind of just thought about them in the moment and sometimes you don't realise how um, how many opinions that's going to generate or what kind of reaction it's going to get from your audience. So if you you know make a post on social media that people are really really interested in, they're really really um, like happy about or it's really controversial, you can repurpose that into an email and it's likely to have the same reaction with your list to kind of keep them engaged and keep them interested and invested. Yeah, I completely agree. You know, like when people ask me what content should I repurpose and we'll often talk about, well, you can look at your analytics to see the most popular posts and you can look at social, but, you know, just observing what gets people talking, what what did you post that really got people talking and then look back and see if you've created content on that. And then that's what you can start to, you know, bring to the front again, repurpose, like you said, turn into an email or more social content. So, um, there's lots that you can do, isn't there, with the content that you already have. You just have to look at how people are responding to it. Um, you also create content for Instagram as well, don't you? I noticed that you... So what kind of repurposing do you do over there with your content? So on Instagram, um, and Instagram's a relatively new thing for me. I, I'm not down with the cool kids yet, and I don't really understand how it works. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, people keep telling me that it's great, and I'm kind of like, ah, you know, it's fine. Um, but we we use it for two things. One is we use it to let my surprisingly large number of Instagram followers uh, know that we brought out new podcast episodes. Yeah. Um, we give them like little teaser videos 
of uh, episodes that are coming out and we let them know when they're going to be out every Monday and Friday so that people can really self-select do they want to listen for episode or not. And then one of the new focuses has been um, Instagram stories. Yeah. Which, yeah, everybody and their dog seems to be using, including my dog who has... and it's far more popular than I am um, but we've been using Instagram stories and that's been going down really well and um, I'm recording like live video to, uh, doing the little like type things the polls all that kind of thing and we've been repurposing again we've been repurposing that content um, not necessarily onto other social platforms um, but we've been using it certainly within my paid communities to give people an idea of what's working and what isn't working and out to my email list as well. We've been uh, using the results of some of the uh, polls and things that we found in email marketing. That's been really popular. Yeah, it's so important to just spread the message in lots of different ways, like you said, because you can't, even people in your audience can't just assume that they um, notice that that latest piece of content came out, they might have missed that newsletter and things like that. So it's so important to just kind of spread the message about the different platforms, isn't it? It sounds like you do a really good job with that. Um, A question I have for you is, I really um, appreciate and understand how important it is to, as you said, reverse engineer, look at what you're selling, what you ultimately want to get from creating all the content and then kind of work back in terms of then creating content that leads to your sale. How do you create content that doesn't sound salesy at all like what's the best method of doing that because I think that's what a lot of people worry about that they start creating all of that it might start to sound a little bit too salesy do you know what I think it's um it's one of the most common questions I get asked to be fair is what can I do to sound like I'm not selling what I am and I think we should start to reframe it because the reality is People don't like sleazy sales, but what's more sleazy than going in with the intention of, I'm trying to sell you something, but I don't want you to know about it. Like, is that not really manipulative and a bit weird? Because to me, that is, you know, and so when we actually start to look at that and think about, well, actually, what would I rather do with my audience? Would I rather be transparent and say, hey, you know, here's something I'm really passionate about buy it or don't buy it. Like the choice is yours. You're not forcing these people to do it or, you know, giving them the opportunity on your email list to say, Hey, look, you know, I've got this launch coming out for something that's really exciting. I think you might be interested because you've, you know, indicated interest in X, Y, Z. Um, but if you're not, here's a link, you can just unsubscribe from the launch emails. Mm. You know, I think the, the kind of key word for not being salesy or not feeling sleazy about selling in your content is being transparent you know, and, and actively telling people, um, we get some really good feedback on, uh, on my, from my email marketing and on my podcast, because I tell people, I'm like, I'm going to sell now. And I break it down and I say, look, this is how I've sold this. And this is kind of this breakdown of this email. And this is why it worked. And this is why it didn't. And people will email in and say, we love it. We mm. really love it when you sell and when you tell us that you're selling, because then they know, and they can make an active, informed and educated decision about whether they want to buy or whether they don't, you know, and I'm not attached either way. I'm not going to sit at home and kind of cry about it if they don't make a decision that I think would be great for them. But equally, you know, at least I know that they've been given every opportunity and all the information they need to make the best decision for them, you know, and sometimes that will be working with me and and working with our products and services. Sometimes it won't be, you know, so I think you've got to be really transparent. Um, You know, you don't have to say to people, this is how I'm selling to you and this is what I'm doing and this is why it works or doesn't. But 
I think being really honest with your audience and saying, you know, yes, you can read this blog and it's going to get you a certain amount of results, but if you need more help or if you want things that are quicker or if you want things that are tailored to you, here's how you can talk to me. Here's how you can book a discovery call. Here's how you can, you know, sign up to my email list and get things that are relevant just for you. Yeah, I completely agree with you. It's it's so funny. I'm listening to you as you're saying this and I'm thinking about, um, for me personally, with the, with this podcast, with the Content 10X podcast and how I, um, you know, initially started out the business and started running this podcast as my core content and it was I've been doing it for quite a while and a few people who had said to me that they'd been listening to the podcast quite a lot uh, didn't know that I had the content 10x the business as well the the content repurposing um Mm -hmm. agency and um you know I didn't know that you know that's what you had and I kind of thought wow you know and then somebody actually our mutual friend Janet Murray said to me you know you don't ever mention it on the podcast itself and I I said, well, you know, because I'm trying to add value and help people with content repurposing on the show, not so much sales. And then it was like, no, but there's no harm in saying at certain points if you need help with this. And, you know, and at least and and I realized, wow, yeah, you know, loads of people who listen don't actually know the business that I have. So for those of you who are listening now, you probably noticed at a certain point that I, you know, tend to, tend to more now end the show by saying if you need help with the content repurposing or, you know, if we have freebies and um, anything kind of a giveaway that can help at certain points when we talk about things, I'm a lot more opening, mentioning and sharing that. And it's so funny, you know me and I'm I'm not great when it comes to sales. I hadn't really put the two and two together and was just putting all this content out without telling anyone about my actual business. So you, you live and you learn, but I think um, everything that you just said kind of did apply to me, and, and I could I could improve as well in terms of I'm sure um, mentioning more, you know, what we do as a business as well as all the content that we give out for free. <laughs> that's the thing, and, and I think it's it's so interesting for me because I know, and I mean this this might be a, quite a female trait, but I know that if I go out and I really I find like a a brand that I love, whether it's makeup or skincare or, you know, hair products or whatever it is, I tell everybody about it. I'm like, oh my God, you have to go and like look at this brand or you have to go and buy this pair of shoes or you have to go and, you know, my recent thing is towels. I'm obsessed. <laughs> um, but I tell everybody and yet and we all do this. You know, we, we all talk about the things that we're really passionate about, but when it comes to our businesses, we, that's when we start to, you know, we feel like we're attached to the outcome and we, we feel so wary about, oh, we, we feel like we're being sleazy. We feel like this, we feel like that. And the reality is that in your content, if you're talking in the same way as you would to say to your friend, you need to go out and try this new hairdresser or you need to eat at this new restaurant, then actually it's not, you know, it's not salesy at all. There's nothing wrong with that. It's being transparent about something that you really think can benefit and help your audience and why would you not tell them about that like all day every day exactly and, and if you don't think it would benefit and help your audience then <laughs> you have to look at yourself don't you <laughs> like, exactly. exactly yeah so it's one or the other you have something that will benefit and help them tell them like you said why wouldn't you if you don't think it benefits and helps them then you've got a problem with your business basically so um you need to look at that <laughs> um oh. Yeah, I, I think it's such a useful conversation because we create a lot of us spend a lot of time creating content, really, really good content. Um, and there's not always 
that link to business growth and sales. You know, there's not the strategy. We know our audience, we know their problems, but at this moment in time, what are you selling? And is that content going to help sell that? And, you know, being a bit more strategic, as you said. Um, I wanted to ask you, say, for example, when you are launching your um, cash creation course, as you mentioned, and you might have a three-month lead-up, very much like content related to that do you start at the start even when you haven't released the the course you know it's not up for sale are you telling people it's coming soon it's coming yeah. soon yeah so building a building a, a wait list almost really absolutely and I think yeah because your audience they are invested especially if you're building a personal brand they're invested in you they're invested in what you're doing they're interested in it they want to see what's going on in your world and so you know it it is interesting for them and it helps them make a more informed decision you know if I say to somebody um, in my content in my podcast or whatever cash creation is coming out in a month for example and they're debating between two programs there's no harm in them coming to me and saying, okay, well, I'm debating between these two programs, Jess, you know, what, what do you feel like would make cash creation the right fit for me or not the right fit for me so that I can go ahead and buy this now, you know, just because they're not uh, necessarily able to buy it right now doesn't mean they can't ask questions. It doesn't mean that my content can't answer those questions for them in advance and just be helping consistently um, them to make that best decision. Yeah, I really, really like that. And actually, um, that leads on to a question I wanted to ask you, which is um, for people who are trying to define what their their product or their service is, and they're perhaps, you know, underway with creating content and building an audience and trying to really maybe uh, pivot or just haven't actually got that side of the business yet. How have you seen ways that people can create content in such a way that they can use that content and the audience's reaction to really make decisions on what to sell to their audience. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. I mean, market research is the most important part of your sales process. You know, it needs to become before everything else. I think, you know, the, the most, uh, the most, mis- well, all the most mistakes I see most often, that was terrible grammatically, but hey, mm-hmm. um, the mistakes I see most often are people who don't do market research and they only sell what they want to sell. Mm. And so it's ego driven and it's not driven from a perspective of, oh, my audience have this particular problem at this time. So I'm going to sell this solution as a group offering um, and something else as, as one-to-one. And so they make decisions that aren't based on data or fact. And that makes it very, very difficult um, to actually sell out or have the big launches that, that people want to have. It's about really looking at where media, whether it's through your email list, if it's your podcast listeners, whatever that might look like. And when we're talking about warmest audience, it doesn't have to be huge. It can be 10 people in your dog. Like it's, it's not, <laughs> it doesn't have to be 3000. Um, but you go out to them and you simply pose the question, like, what's your biggest problem right now? What are you struggling with right now? What do you want to focus on for the next 90 days? And give them, you know, frame out some answers for them. So you're giving them some guidelines. They're not just coming back to something random that you can't help them with. Um, and then from that, you create, okay, if their biggest struggle, for example, is list building, well, now I know I need to go and create a list building course. Or if I have one already... I know that I'm going to be able to sell it right now because my audience are really interested in that. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think it's so, so, so important to do that. And and you can use content and, you know, we're so lucky to live in a time where you can access 
you know, people really easily and have really simple, quick interactions with people. And I guess with my repurposing head on and kind of thinking how, you know, you can reach out in so many ways. You could start by a video on Instagram and you could also mention it in Insta stories as well. And then you could put that same video over onto Twitter if you have a Twitter audience and the same video over onto LinkedIn if you have a LinkedIn audience. And, you know, you can mention it in your podcast, you can mention it in your newsletter and you can just use loads of different angles to get that feedback that you need basically, can't you, too? And just, and don't always think that, you are right. You can't go in with um, the idea of what the outcome's going to be. You need to be open, don't you, and see see what you get back. Well, that's the thing. You know, I think it's um, we're in such a connected age. Yeah, that it's really hard to not be able to put out any piece of content, mm. whether you're a business owner or not, um, and get people's reactions to it. You know, that's the interesting thing. We have so many people who go viral now. You know, what was it mm. a couple of years ago? That lady with the Chewbacca mask. Oh, yeah, that was great. Like, <laughs> she just went viral for a live stream and, and, you know, she had millions and millions of views and then suddenly she was getting sponsorship and all this kind of stuff. And so if the average person can get a reaction with a piece of content they put onto social media, you as a business owner can, yeah. you know, and it's, it's just about framing it in the right way so that you actually get the reaction that you want or you get the information that you want that allows you to go and take the right action. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, and the um, final question that I wanted to ask you, Jess, is um, for people who are maybe trying to work out what is the best content medium for them, what what should they do, live stream, video, podcast, blog, mm-hmm. you know, social, um, in terms of from a sales perspective, um, creating content that will lead to sales that will grow your business, what do you think is the best kind of core content that you can obviously go on and repurpose, but the first kind of core focus of content? I, you know, I say this to people all the time, play to your strengths. Mm. I think one of the worst things about certainly selling in the online space is that there are so many options And actually all it does is create decision fatigue. There's no one platform that works better than any others, like from a general perspective, there just isn't. But depending on what you are like and and your personality and how you prefer to communicate is going to depend on what platform works for you. You know, I'm not a visual person. I I really don't care about pretty pictures and things. And that's why I struggle with Instagram because I don't understand how to build relationships on there. You know, nobody seems to comments it's all just spam bots and like weirdos um, <laughs> if your business is based on instagram i'm sorry but i'm just never going to see it because i just don't understand it yeah it's your perspective isn't it and yeah. that's fair enough yeah and that's the thing and so that's why you know out of the percentage of leads that come into my business instagram is the lowest mm. because i don't enjoy the platform and we don't really focus on it for, for that reason however I love speaking and I love my podcast. I love being able to communicate with people um, via words, you know, and, and having them be able to hear my voice and hear how passionate I am about something or excited or, you know, hacked off I am about something. And they can do that through a podcast in a way that they can't on a video, for example, because, you know, you're limited to watching videos at home, you can't watch them in the car, all those kinds of things. So you really want to look at your strengths and also what's going to be easiest for your audience. I picked podcasting because it was convenient for me and it was convenient for them. And it works really well. And the podcast generates, you know, almost half of the leads in my business on its own. 
And I think based on everything that you've said um, as well, it's it's more important to make sure that you're being strategic with the content and the content directly links to what you want to ultimately sell in your business. It directly links to building an audience that are going to be the kind of people that you would love to have as customers and not just creating content willy-nilly about, you know, this and that. It's it's about being strategic, isn't it? Consistent and strategic. Yeah, and it's about Mm. putting out quality. You know, people often say to me, oh, yeah, but, you know, Facebook pages don't get engagement anymore. I'm like, well, no, it's because you're not putting out things that are interesting that people want to react to. You know, yeah. and that's the harsh reality when it comes to content. You know, you can repurpose it. You can do lots when it comes to being strategic or planning it to make it easier for you and, and to make it easier to create. But actually, if it's not interesting, if it doesn't do the job that it was designed to do, if it doesn't evoke some kind of emotion or some kind of uh, clear call to action, then no, it's not going to convert. And it's it's not the fault of the platform and it's not the fault of the repurposing. It's because it's not written, it's not quality content or it's it's not, you know, content that your audience are necessarily interested in. So that's why it's not performing the way you want it to perform. Yeah, exactly. You just need to... Um... You need to kind of, you know, look at what's happening, don't you, and and respond and and not blame the platform and everything else in the world (laughs) and actually just look at your own, you know, your own message. And if it doesn't strike a chord, then, you know, find another way to strike a chord with people. Um, No, that's really, really useful. Well, um, thank you so much for coming on the show, Jess. It's been a really great conversation and I think it's really, really useful conversation for um, everybody who's listening because it's just an important reminder that we can't just be on a content machine all the time, just putting out content, putting out content, but we need to be making sure that it has a valuable um, place within our business and it directly links to the growth of our business as well. So, um, and that comes through sales of course and effective marketing so thanks so much Jess for coming on and just so so much great tips and advice so um where can people go to connect with you what's the best place for people to connect with you thanks so much for having me on it's been awesome it's Mm -hmm. a really really fun conversation and obviously if people want to continue the conversation around sales um and hear interesting analogies and grammatical errors and you know actually good sales tips I'll give myself that one (laughs) then you can head over to my podcast it's called the smart leaders sell podcast and it's on iTunes and every other major podcast player that is based on Android as well cool okay great well we'll put a link to that in the show notes and of course we'll put links to your social media Mabel I'll even put a link to your Instagram so people can send you (laughs) confusing messages and nice pictures (laughs) I won't be able to read. No, thank you, Jess. It's been um, a really, really great conversation. So thanks so much for coming on the show. No worries. Thanks for having me. 